0: back to Cinema Wellman. I am your host, David, and welcome back to Season 2 of Cinema Wellman. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we still have the lights up here in the studio, still celebrating the arrival of 2023, where we will once again attempt to watch as many films as is humanly possible and uh, and pass along some of that information to you folks. And hopefully you can hear about a movie that you never heard of or an oldie that you never Saw and you'd want to see it, or at least I could steer you clear of something that was heinous and save you a couple hours of your life. Um, our very first episode of Cinema Wellman season one, episode one, was an and introducing episode where I introduced you to the actress Tilly Losh. You might remember that Tilly was the woman who uh her husband had her wet footprints stitched into the carpeting of the spiral staircase. Um, Tilly received this very special and introducing credit back in 1936. And today we're going to look at 14 other actors and actresses who received this very special credit. Um, and before you shut it off, no, it's not going to be three hour. It's not going to be a three hour show because we're only going to talk about five different movies, 14 performers being introduced in five different films. So today, what we're going to look at is multiple introductions. And one of the films on today's list had the gall to introduce us to five, count them, five different performers. Um, What I love about this credit is that there are no rules. Uh, It doesn't always have to be the person's first credited role, which I think it should be. That should be a rule. Um, And it's interesting to see what they did before and what they did afterwards. And some people made one film received an and introducing credit, and then never made another film. And for some reason, that's even more intriguing than someone receiving the end-introducing credit and going on to an Oscar-winning uh, career, other than the person that gave them that first credit knew what they were talking about. Um, point of clarification before we go any further, let's talk about credited roles. Um, for this project, I am not counting any work on a television series, or made-for-TV film. Only feature films and shorts in which the person received a credit. So, uncredited roles also do not count for the purposes of this project. Okay? Um, We are going to begin with, and I hate to use the pun, but a dog of a movie, and that's 1974's Benji. And my hate for Benji, I think, was on another episode, but that's not why we're here. We're here about the talent and who's being introduced in these films. And for some of these people, talent might be a stretch to use that word. No offense to anybody, especially the kids that are in the first film here. Um, but let's talk about them. Cynthia Smith and Alan Fusat both received, they got the co and introducings for Benji. Cynthia Smith's film resume consists of a total of four credits, and this was her very first. So, that's a legit bing, that's a legit and introducing credit in my mind. Unfortunately, it seems that she was typecast as Benji's owner. She made two theatrical Benji movies, she also made a Benji TV movie. But she was nominated for the Young Artist Award in 1980 for the Benji TV Christmas movie, so... She had some talent. Uh, She presumably gave up acting and attended Texas Tech University, so she was looking for something out of life that didn't involve Benji. Her co-star, Alan Fusat, has only two credits to his credit. Uh, Benji was his first, and the only other film he made was 1977's Benji sequel, For the Love of Benji. Later in life, he was the co-owner of a successful jazz bar in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which he sold in 2004. I wonder if he used his Benji money to buy the bar. I also wonder if he ever hung out with the owner of Martindale's, which I think is also down in Tennessee. Uh, so that's Benji introducing both Cynthia Smith and Alan Fusat, neither of whom made anything really out of the realm of the Benji universe. Our next film is titled Bad Lucky Goat from 2017. And Bad Lucky Goat introduced to us Hon Lenny Huffington, Kiara Howard, and Vincent the Goat. Uh, Bad Lucky Goat's a delightful Colombian film. It's about two siblings who accidentally kill a bearded goat with their father's truck. So we once again have dual introductions for child actors in movies involving animals. Bad Lucky Goat runs circles about, around Benji. Benji's trash. Um at least Vincent the Goat doesn't save the kids from kidnappers like that showboat Benji did. Um let's talk about the kids. on Lenny Huffington made this movie and that's it. No idea what he's up to now, uh but he was very good in this film. And that brings up something else that about the talent in the films. Maybe he just did that for fun and he didn't consider himself an actor and didn't want to make any more movies. You never know. Um, Kiara Howard has one additional credit aside from this, but that's as Poetry Fan 3 in a short film titled The Definition of Manhood. And there were seven poetry fans credited, so I'm not sure this was much of a meaty role for her. I was not able to discover any other film work by Vincent the Goat, um, and believe me, I looked. Uh, Hopefully he didn't end up in the catering tent. Next, Another film I hated, another film that I think ended up on a bottom five of a previous episode. It's from 1976, and it's called The Last Tycoon. Again, but we're not talking about how bad the movie is. We're talking about who this film introduced. In this case, it was the pair Ingrid Bolting and Teresa Russell. Now, Teresa Russell, that might ring a bell to you. Ingrid Bolting, possibly not. So Ingrid Bolting was a ballerina and a model before taking a shot at acting. That is not strange, especially to Hollywood. There are a lot of models who ended up making films. Um, she has Ingrid Bolting has a total of 10 credited roles, and here's something I don't get. Last Tycoon was her eighth. She was 80% into her, her credited career roles, and now she's getting an, and introducing... I just don't get it. Once again, no rules. And that's why it's fun to kind of research this and see where things fall. Uh, Ingrid was born in South Africa, and she was the iconic face of Biba Cosmetics in 1968. And Ingrid later founded a yoga studio in California. So she found other things to do besides making really bad movies like The Last Tycoon. Teresa Russell is someone you may be familiar with. Black Widow was a decent thriller back in 1987. She was also in Wild Things in 1998, but she wasn't part of that love triangle, so you didn't see her frolicking in the pool in the shower with Matt Dillon and and, uh, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. And she was also, Teresa Russell was also in Spider-Man 3 in 2007. And um, don't ask me which one that was. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't the third Spider-Man movie. The way that franchise runs itself is infuriating. Um... Ms. Russell, Teresa Russell, was formerly married to director Nick Rogue, Nicholas Rogue, and appeared in five films directed by him. That's a little side note. Next, we have two actresses who are actually dynamite. Um, The film is from 1994, and it's Heavenly Creatures, and it's directed by Peter Jackson, who made, you know, those elf movies, and introducing Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. Now, Kate Winslet is by far the most recognizable name on today's list. She is a seven-time Oscar nominee and won an Academy Award for her performance in 2008's The Reader. She uh, also made that piece-of-crap movie about the big boat that sank. In any event, she's currently mayor in the Emmy-winning Mayor of Easttown, which I've heard is very, very good. I haven't seen it because it's not a movie. Ms. Winslet's resume now boasts 49 credited roles and Heavenly Creatures was her very first. So legit credit and good on the filmmakers and Peter Jackson, the director, for noticing and wanting to showcase this young actress who went on to and is and still doing great things. Um, she's an extremely talented actress. Don't get me wrong. I don't like a lot of her movies, but that doesn't really make a difference. I can recognize talent when I see it. Uh, Winslet's co-star in this film um, is Melanie Linsky. Now, this was also Heavenly Creatures was Melanie Linsky's very first. So we got two legits there, which is impressive. And she has 53 film credits, which is more than anyone on today's roster. Unfortunately, if you know Melanie Linsky, you may only know her from her 63 episodes of Two and a Half Men as the stalky neighbor Rose. Uh, I'm here to tell you that she is so much better than that garbage. There's a lot of things much better than that show, but um, Heavenly Creatures, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a look. If you like thrillers, it's really kind of disturbing at times. It's about an obsessive relationship. And, and, uh, the parents get involved. The parents of the two girls get involved when things kind of start to go sideways. They're there a little late. Um, and Winslet and Linsky on screen together dynamite, um, little Melanie Linsky trivia. She was the first person to kiss Kate Winslet on screen. All right. So we have Benji giving us, introducing us to two actors. We have bad lucky goat, introducing us to two. We have The Last Tycoon, two. We have Heavenly Creatures, two, which means we have five left in one movie. Yes. Evils of the Night in 1985 had the gall to introduce us to five different people. And spoiler alert, you never heard of any of them. So this was a mess. This 1985 ultra low-budget horror movie movie features John Carradine, horror legend John Carradine, picking up a check, Um, Julie Catwoman Newmar, and Ginger Grant from Gilligan's Island, (laughs) Tina Louise. Um, And I read that they shot their scenes all in one day. So production could only afford to have the names there for one day. So they shot everything in one day. Um, A couple of other background items from Evils of the Night It it used stock footage from Battlestar Galactica for the spaceship. There are two adult film actresses making their only mainstream film appearance in this movie. And I also jotted down some credit tags assigned to actual cast members. We have someone playing. Young man on beach and garage. Girl applying lotion. Girl Applying Lotion number 2, First Guy Having Sex, and Since He Wasn't Alone, First Girl Having Sex. Is that Adam and Eve? Anyway, that's the story. Uh, now, Carradine and Numar and Louise were obviously well-known, very well-known, so they didn't get this end introducing credit. Let's take a look at who actually did, and I'll go through them and I'll tell you how many other films they made. First, we have Carrie Emerson, three credited roles. This was her second. G.T. Taylor, her first and only credited role. Ring that legit bell. Bridget Holloman, five credited roles. This was her second. Keith Fischer, two credited roles. This was his first, legit. And David Hawk, his first and only credited role. Again, ring the legit bell. So to recap, Evils of the Night handed out and introducing credits like Skittles to a group of people that only went on to make a total of seven other movies. Seven. The five of them made seven other movies. Nick Cage makes seven in a month. Now, I was thinking, let me look at those seven films and see if I'm missing anything. Is there a diamond in the rough there that I'm ignoring? So let's look at them again. Carrie Emerson. She was in White Dog in 1982, and she played Sunbather. Didn't even give her a name. She was in 1986's Chopping Mall and played Linda Stanton. Next, Bridget Holloman in Slumber Party 57, made in 1976. She played Bonnie May. In 1987, she was in Stooge Mania, credited as. Sexy Nurse. 1996 is The Empty Mirror. She played Blonde Woman. And in 2004's Subway Cafe, she played Rachel Whitman. Keith Fisher, one other credit, in Cyberon from 2000, in which he played Patient. All right, the check's complete. Zero diamonds in that rough. Not even a Fugazi diamond to be found. Well, and that's it. That's it for today. 14 different actors and actresses being given the end introducing credit. Um, Who should we have kept our eye on? Uh, Kate Winslet, Melanie Linsky, Teresa Russell, the rest of them? No, that's just the way it goes. So roll those credits. Our next episode is going to be our monthly look at the best and worst of the previous month. So we have December of 2022, which will finally put 2022 to bed. And I watched so many really good films in December that definitely tune in for this episode, the next episode, and hear about those. I think I even violated my own rules and and talked about a couple of uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> I'm the one that makes the rules, I guess. Um. So that's it. Looking forward to having you back in the studio for that episode. And until then, take care.